Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording, pre-recording from the Long Island Bunker. Folks, I'm very excited uh, to bring you a conversation this morning with a really thoughtful author and journalist, Katie Barnes. Katie is an award-winning journalist and writer at ESPN covering the intersections of sports and gender. Their upcoming book, Fair Play, How Sports Shape the Gender Debates, will be released mid-next month. And Katie and I get into a conversation largely around how women have been treated in sports and then move into a conversation about the demonization of non-binary and transgender athletes. And it is a really good and thoughtful conversation because, look, I am not somebody that is saying that there aren't issues to be concerned with, right, with regard to expanding who plays sports and how they play sports and the competitive nature, but particularly for those that are in elite sports, is very different, right, than we're talking about denying a trans girl or a trans boy access to being able to find camaraderie and community with their classmates. Very different when we're talking about a D1 level athlete that is aspiring to be a professional athlete and one where we're talking about allowing kids to be kids and be able to play and develop skills, social skills, that sports really do help you develop, right? And an understanding of team and individual and all of these things that you learn. And, you know, and I think back to when I was growing up and running track and running cross country and what I learned about being a leader and a teammate 
what I learned about discipline and dedication and focus. And shouldn't we want, right, all kids to experience that? Then, you know, you watch recently the Women's World Cup and you see what happened with regard to the amount of people that tuned in, the largest audiences that they've ever seen. You also see the treatment of one of the winning team, Spain's players, being kissed on the mouth, right? And you're just like, would this happen any other place? No. So there are so many conversations to be had about what it means to respect people, what it means to expand our thinking just because things have been one way doesn't mean that it stays that way. That's the beauty of progress. That's the beauty of change. And it's the one thing that you can actually count on is that things will change, right? And how we change with them will be the differentiator between the experience being good right? And one that you can learn from and one being terrible and feeling like you're being pushed in a different direction. And so the conversation that I get into today with Katie Barnes is really good. And I would love to hear from all of you about how you think about gender and sports and the intersections and the conversations that have come up, whether it be about equal pay, equal coverage, for professional athletes, whether it be about trans kids being allowed or disallowed in sports, what are your feelings about that intersection of gender and sports? That conversation with Katie Barnes is coming up next. Folks, I am very excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily uh, Katie Barnes, who is the author of the book Fair Play, How Sports Shape the gender debates. Um, and Katie, I want to start off with saying, and uh, let me just put it out there. You know, I played, and I guess I didn't play, you don't play a, a running sport. I ran track. I ran, I, you know, I ran track. I ran cross country, um, you know, loved participating in sports when I was growing up. And, you know, it was often, you know, I, I, I am of a, a generation where it was the thing that you put your kids in to like build up their self-esteem and to build up, you know, their ability to connect with one another. Right. To build up their 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 coping skills. Right. And empathy and all of these different things. I find sports in a lot of ways to be invaluable. And, you know, I, what we've seen, though, I would say particularly and, and you tell me as, as you have studied this and you've written about this and interviewed folks is that over the last maybe 10 to 15 years, there has really been a real direct attack um, by conservatives to, one, redefine and solidify the gender binary, right? To make it certain that only some type of kids get to participate. And that everyone else is left out, genderqueer, non-binary, trans youth, and not only left out, but really marginalized, right? Really made to carry the burden of, of their community and be signaled out. Like there was a story, a horrific story. Uh, a young girl, uh, I think, uh, was, was throwing shot put uh, in, in, uh, a couple of months ago 
and a, a, a an onlooker started screaming, she's not a girl, she's not a girl. Um, and her parent like totally was just like, what is happening? So I just want to get your your feeling on kind of where we have gone from sports being the thing that brought people together to it now being one of the fla- the biggest flashpoints of the conservative rights uh, culture war. Hmm. Yeah, a lot to unpack. I think that's why I was like, let me write an entire book about it. Um, so I think you know, the biggest thing is actually, I think you talked about how it's been the last 10 to 15 years. It's actually been much quicker than that. It's been like maybe five years uh, from a real concerted effort, three years. I mean, the first bill um, that was enacted into law that really restricted transgender girls' ability to participate in girls' sports didn't pass until Idaho did it in 2020. So this is really only the last few years that we've seen this grow into being such um, such a large flashpoint that it's receiving a tremendous amount of legislative attention. Uh, there are lots of um, points of cultural difference that don't receive legislative attention, uh, but this is one that really has, and it's only been a few years. Um, and I think one of the reasons why this has happened is uh, really to your point about sports being the thing that everybody kind of put their kids into, is that it's of great cultural import uh, for us as a society. People have feelings about sports, right? Like whether we're talking about their own, like your own you know, activity. Um, you know, I can still talk about games that I played in high school, right? Like you have your own individual experience, but then you also have fandom, you have hopes, you have dreams. That people have a real emotional tie to their sporting experiences, whether that be as a participant from an athlete perspective or as a spectator and a fan. Um, and then I think because sports the way that we are globally organized from a sporting perspective is in a gender binary. And there Mm -hmm. are many reasons for that. And I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing when we talk about elite sports, Um, but that is the truth of it. And so if you're trying to reinforce a gender binary, right, then sports gives you a really good opportunity to do so. And it preys upon all of our cultural um, baggage around sports and around gender in terms of assumptions that we make, feelings that we have, all of that is wrapped up in you know, our sporting experiences. And I think it's just playing out in a very um, you know, tense national drama, as it were. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. 
Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you say just now that, like, when you're talking about elite sports, you're not so concerned necessarily like with the with the gender breakdown. Can you can you speak more to that? Because I've had as a as a queer woman, I've had so many debates about um how sport how how who should be allowed in and who shouldn't be allowed in and a a a trans woman that is a swimmer shouldn't be able to swim against a field of cis women and then like sweep all of the all of the medals because of um their their different hormone level levels and ability and wingspan and all of these things so talk to me about what you just I I because I want to dig it because I get it I have gotten into this conversation I like to say you know conversation it ended up in a fight but I got into a conversation and ended up in an argument um, about that very fact. And these were other yeah. queer people, mind you, that I was having this conversation with. So it was not sitting around with like a bunch yeah. of, cons- you know, like straight conservatives. Yeah. No, I hear that. I think. Uh, so for me, it's multi-layered, And the first is that you know, there from a data perspective, it, there are some uncomfortable truths when we look at individual sports. So thinking about swimming, track and field, um, you know, powerlifting, I just to sort of name a few. So those sports that are rooted in strength, speed, and power, and are from an individual competitive standpoint, uh, there's just a reality that from a sex separation standpoint, there's a reason that we do that. Like, and I give this example in fair play where, you know, Shikari Richardson, when she ran a 10.72 in the women's hundred meter, 
Um, it was like the sixth fastest time ever at that moment for women. And you know, the kid who won the Connecticut State Open um, on the boys' side in the 100 meter that year, Connecticut's a small state, did so with a 10.69, right? Like that, that's just a, those are numbers. Like that's just a truth. And so when it comes to think, reimagining what sports looks like, which I think there are a lot of people who want to do that, when it comes to sports like track and swimming and powerlifting, it's really hard to do without essentially removing um, women from being able to hold world records and win gold medals that are of equal import as what the men are able to do. So that's why I say that from an elite perspective, where from a sex separation standpoint, like I don't really have an issue with it when it comes to Olympic level competition, because I want women to hold world records. Um, and the data would suggest that they would not be able to if we, you know, organize sport by height, for example. Um, but similarly, right, like I also, from a capitalistic standpoint, don't trust capitalism to uh, not function in a sexist manner when it comes to prioritizing girls and women from a, um, like, you know, from a resource and opportunity standpoint, like women in the United States are entitled to uh, equal access to sports under the law. And that is not happening, whether we're talking about the high school level or the college level. And so I have a hard time believing that if um, we got rid of gender categories in different ways, that women would be, would be on the receiving end of uh, resource investment um, even without such protections. So I have those feelings too. But then I think into like the real heart of your question around having these conversations from an elite level standpoint, our elite athletes are subject to an intense level of scrutiny, whether you believe that that is okay or not. Uh, so we test their urine, for example, to make sure that they're not doping. We know the wingspan of Michael Phelps, right? We know the wingspan of these athletes. Like we talk about, uh, bone length and density and VO2 max. And there are all kinds of physiological and, and metabolic indicators that we discuss when it comes to our Olympians, because those are the differentiators. And so there's a discussion of bodies for when it comes to our elite athletes, um, that regardless of your level of comfort with such a thing, it happens. And that's mm -hmm. not, I, like, I would think that that would be very strange if we were talking about our, you know, third grade soccer team in the same way, right? Like the stakes are different and the scrutiny mirrors that. Um, and so when we're having those discussions about restrictions and what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate, and we're having that at an elite level, it's a fundamentally different conversation. But what I have found in my reporting is that they're not treated as fundamentally different conversations. So a discussion about what policy regulation should look like when it comes to Olympic level swimming suddenly becomes a discussion, a relevant discussion um, in what laws should be passed to regulate um, elementary school sports. And from a stakes perspective, those two are not the same. So I think. Got it. Okay. I, I kind uh -huh. of answered your uh -huh. question, uh -huh. but that's generally, those are my feelings about that. No, but I think that you're right to frame it in terms of the stakes, right? When when you're talking about Olympic, you know, competition, the 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 stakes and the representation, the monetary gain, all of those things, they matter on a very on a very big level, right? 
when we're talking about, I don't know, fifth graders running track, like, is, is this really a conversation that we need to be having inside of our school systems? Like, should, should I, I guess the question that I have for you is that when it pertains to young people, should it be that unless you're at, let's say, the elite gymnastics training camp that your parents send the Simone Biles and the Gabby Douglases and those people to because you show exceptional merit, you know, and scholar in this in, in this sport. If you're if it's just a bunch of kids that like are playing and learning about competition and and their bodies and themselves, like, should we be in this legislative political space around it? And or should we and and should we just say exactly what you said? Like the stakes are not really that high. It's so essentially, it's not that serious. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm inclined to say it's not that serious. But uh, what I will say is that I think in general this conversation has gotten so distorted. Um, and so what I mean by that is we're having all of these different conversations about sports and policy and law at the same time. And it's really hard to delineate what conversation we're having. So for example, you know, when Leah Thomas, um, you know, was swimming in 2021 and 2022 and was, you know, really, you know, being very successful, uh, during that swim season, she was competing in division one sports. Um, and yet I distinctly remember watching a hearing in my home state of Indiana as they were considering passing a restrictive law, um, which ultimately was passed, um, you know, and that law was targeting specifically high school age students and younger. And yet Leah Thomas was invoked as the reason for why that needed to happen. And from my perspective, as a journalist, as someone who's knowledgeable about the topic, I'm like, well, wait, like we can talk about Leah Thomas, but that doesn't have anything to do with why we're restricting participation for fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. Um, or, you know, non-elite high school competition. And so I think a lot of folks don't necessarily realize the breadth of the legislation that has passed and that it's not just talking about high school, which is messy from a puberty perspective, it's messy in general, um, or from an elite college <laughs> yeah. standpoint, right? Like, you know, it's not just focusing on that. Some, a lot of these laws go all the way down to elementary school, uh, sometimes they start at fifth or sixth grade. Some of them cover all elementary school. And they don't just affect competitive college sports. They also affect club-level college sports, which is essentially pay-to-play in college, and even intramurals, which will affect, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes with intramural sports at large public universities, those aren't just open to students. And again, that's also pay to participate. There's usually a fee. Um they're also open to, they can be open to faculty and staff and sometimes community members, depending on the school. So those are wide reaching laws that have, you know, influence far beyond what we would consider to be competitive sport, which when we think about stakes in terms of what is, what is relevant when it comes to how sport should be regulated. I think that's far outside the bounds of what most people would consider to be reasonable. But a lot of folks don't know that that's what these laws do. And so, you know, for me, it was always, it's really important to really put a fine, you know, fine point on what it is that is happening when it comes to the passage of these laws and how broad they are. 
while also acknowledging that, sure, we can have different conversations about what appropriate policy is, but that's not the conversation that is happening legislatively in the United States. Um, it's a very broad attack, specifically on transgender youth. Um, and I think that tends to surprise folks because they think that it's, you know, that it's a discussion about Division One sports and, well, that's reasonable. It's like, no, it also is a discussion about fifth graders and fourth graders um, and, you know, intramural level sports. And it begs the question of, you know, when we think about the typical sporting experience for the overwhelming majority of us, is, it's co-ed and recreational, basically, right? And so at what point then are we going to start having discussions about, well, are we going to see who plays pickup at the Y? Like, are we going to put restrictions on that? Are we going to put try to put restrictions mm. on who can participate in community level sports, right? Like, it's it's a really like it's just it's a really really tough conversation when you think about how broad these laws already are and how broad they could go, and the desire for what um, people who are in favor of restrictive policy um, their desires to have an even broader impact. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Two two final questions for, for you. One is, who did you write Fair Play for? And why did you think it was so important in this particular time to to have it? I wrote Fair Play for everyone who has questions about this topic. Um, I think it's been my experience as a reporter that there are probably 10% of people who are on either side of the issue who know where they stand and are 
not going to move from those perspectives. Um, but there's that really interesting middle 80% of folks who have questions. And the issue has become so politicized. Uh, and there's a ton of misinformation that it can be really hard to judge the quality of information that you have access to. And especially, you know, cutting through rhetoric. Um, and so I really wanted to write a book that, you know, cut through that rhetoric, where you hear perspectives from multiple sides of the issue, from a variety of folks. Um, and then, of course, I share my own perspective, and I think it's pretty clear what that is. Um, but, you know, for me, it was really important to provide a space where folks could ask the questions that they wanted to ask um, and learn about the topic at hand, uh, separate from all of the rhetoric and the misinformation that's out there. And I thought it was important because, you know, when I originally pitched this book, I thought it was just going to be kind of an exploration of like really fun stories. Um, and, you know, these stories of trans kids around the country who were playing sports. And then we ended up at a news event. And so that was a little bit different. Um, but to me, it, it spoke to the urgency of so many of these questions uh, that folks don't know where to turn and they're, you know, desperately looking for answers. And I hope my book is able to provide a starting point for many of them. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, one, you know, I I appreciate you digging into a topic that has just become so divisive. And again, like, you know, I'll, I'll circle back to, to where I started. Sports is supposed to be, again, that thing that brings people together, that is enjoyable, that teaches so many fundamental skills about life. And I think to rob any child of the ability to do that is cruel. Um, and so we must, you know, like as times change, I just think that it is really important to think expansively, you know, as to what is really being harmed. Right. And what what stakes are we to you to use your word? What stakes are we really talking about here? And I find that the right has just been able to create this, you know, monster, this boogeyman. And, you know, and just run wild with it. And I think that your book um, goes a long way to try and claw back um, the lies and kind of open people's eyes. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I am, um, you know, I, I share that perspective around sports. You know, they should bring people together and they should be fun. You know, like my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Mighty Ducks. I love The Mighty Ducks. And Gordon Bombay was always like, games should be fun. And that's how I feel about sports. Like, they are games. And there's a time and a place where winning matters, right? Like, I'm not going to try and minimize that. Like, I remember playing for a championship when I was in high school. Like, all of that stuff also matters. Um, but I I'm not sure it should be the only conversation. And it seems to be the only conversation right now. Yeah. Well, folks... The book is Fair Play, How Sports Shape the Gender Debates by Katie Barnes. Katie, thank you so much for making the time uh, to join me on Woke AF. Really appreciate you and appreciate your work. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Right back at you. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.